Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders Podcast with Mark Carmen and Robert Murray. And welcome in to the post-trade deadline epic baseball insiders with my buddy my pal my hero robert at by robert murray who is running on fumes but couldn't be happier to be here the sun almost setting in phoenix i'm on uh location myself here but uh bird this was one of the most interesting trade deadlines we have seen in a while. For those who went and for those who didn't, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you too, Carm. And I'm glad I have a voice because I didn't. I was not optimistic about that. But here we are. How are we doing, pal? What do you yell to the people that you're talking to all day long? How do you lose your voice at a trade deadline? Uh, just a lot of talking and a lot of talking to myself. Um, yeah, not not much water either. I was basically had two hands on my phone the entire time, Carm. It was, it was good times for sure. Okay. All right. So, let, I guess, and put all the, your questions in the chat. We'll uh, get through as many as we can tonight. We'll hear if we're here for a good 45 minutes to an hour, something like that, uh, and a very busy day. But uh, Juan Soto, Bert, you said you would eat your shoe. I don't know what you're going to have to eat uh, or have to do. I think we, we said something. I, I think it was uh, chili and ketchup or whatever. It doesn't matter. He is a San Diego Padre. Uh, you said that if he was going to go, the Padres would be right there, and that's what ended up happening. Uh, discuss, it was tomato juice and a Reese's Cup, so good luck with that, Burr. We can't wait. Um, you know, your, your reaction, Juan Soto to the Padres for a significant haul, but it's, it's, it's uh, a good day to be a Padres fan, clearly. Yeah, it's an extremely good day to be a Padres fan. And, yeah, they gave up an absolute haul. Like James Wood was a player that the Padres and other teams throughout the league view as one of, like, the premier prospects in baseball. And he was the key to the deal for the Nationals. And getting him, getting Robert Hassel, uh, getting Mackenzie Gore, um, and getting some other players, too, Luke Voigt being another, which he was a guy that ended up filling in for Eric Hosmer. We can get into that in a little bit. Um, it was absolutely like it, it was the trade of a lifetime, Carm. Like that's the biggest trade in baseball history is what we just witnessed there. And yeah, the Padres, they were determined to pull it off. I can tell you ever since Soto became available, they were firmly in the mix. And I kept saying, watch the Padres for, for Soto and watch them be creative for other moves. 
they did that with getting Josh Hader too. And uh, we'll, we can get yeah. into that in a little bit. Like I have some inside info on Hader um, that we can share, but Potters swung big. They wanted it to get big and boy, they ended up doing it here. Yeah. So just to recap the trade, Juan Soto and Josh Bell, the first baseman from the Nats to the pods for left-handed pitcher, Mackenzie Gore outfielder, Robert Hassel, the third Shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder James Wood, right-handed pitcher. I hope I'm saying this right. Harlan Susana, and uh, Washington also getting first base being designated hitter Luke Voigt. Um, and now, I guess uh, GM Rizzo Soto had a moment, as was reported, uh, emotional thing. And people are looking at this as a win-win. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's 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 it, that's all speculation clearly at this point but in in your mind Bert looking at the trade what would you call it I would call it a win now move for the Padres and also look at the future for the Nationals and also it's not just a look at the future it's an extremely good look at the future because their future now is extremely bright Mackenzie Gore if he's healthy he's got the elbow injury now um, has the ability to be a frontline starter and is somebody who can be an anchor for that rotation for them. Uh, James Wood, as I said, is a premier player. Like the, what the Nationals got there, they have some premium prospects who can turn into some very good players. I don't. It's going to be a very hard thing for them to become Juan Soto, obviously. But they got some extremely good pieces there. But for the Padres and their sake, getting Juan Soto, pairing him with Manny Machado is. It's a franchise-altering move, Carmen. And what it does, I think a huge part of this that is not being talked about enough is that it takes pressure off of Fernando Tatis Jr. when he returns. The Padres were they were privately concerned that with them struggling going into the trade deadline and going or struggling going into the All-Star break, Tatis would feel pressure to like carry the load when he returned. Now he can like ease in, not have too much pressure, and morph into the guy that they hopefully like believe can be a franchise like like caliber player uh for the postseason here so just a great right. around. two-time all-star he won the derby this year not that, that really matters what does matter is that he's 23 years old and you look at what he's done to this point in his career and it's with the all-time greats in the history of the game so uh and then you know i've seen uh guys who are keyed into the padres like our guy ryan phillips at the big lead saying that it seems like people are confident that the padres will be able to sign him you have anything on that part of it I don't, um, but the Padres, they are spenders. I know they're pretty regarded as a small market team here, Carm, just because San Diego is not regarded as a big market team. Um, but they spend money. They signed Fernando Tatis Jr. for 340 mil. That's, the thing is, is I don't know if they have the 500 million to sign Juan Soto. I don't know how many teams actually do have that, but like I know there was like some people on Boris' side, or on, uh, on his camp, I should say who thought that they would have a good chance of uh, being able to keep him. What about the uh, Eric Hosmer part of this? He was supposedly in the original deal, uh, but then wouldn't go to Washington, had the no-trade clause, ends up in Boston. So I was just confused by that. Yeah, you have a no-trade clause, but uh, you're, you're happy as a Red Sox. You're not happy as a National. So it's uh, people are like, well, it's, you know – and and I, I don't want to get into his family business, but people are like, well, he's you know he's expecting a child, but he he still ended up being willing to be traded across the country. No, he, he was, and like the thing is, is he wanted to be in a place where he had a shot to win. 
uh, like that was extremely important to him. And the Nationals would not have provided that at all. Uh, like that team, we're looking at like a triple-A roster at this point for them. Uh, the Red Sox, they're going to play him a lot at first base, they've said. Um, and he'll be in a position where he has at least a chance to win. Not that the Red Sox are going to be like a prime contender by any means. Uh, but going to the Red Sox was a lot more was a lot better for him than going to the Nationals. And he had the right to veto that kind of a trade, and he did. And the deal was – like the, the misconception here, Carm, is that the deal was never in danger of Hosmer was, was, was or was not part of it. Like it was going to get done regardless. Uh, it was just Hosmer deciding if he wanted to go. So – and he didn't. Yeah. So he went to Boston. Okay. Uh, as far as the Dodgers and the Cardinals, who were also reported to be close on this, what were you hearing before the trade went down? No, the Cardinals were never close. Um, and I don't think the Dodgers were ever close either. Like, they were in, but I never sensed much optimism from their side that they were going to be, like, a prime contender for them or for Soto. They, they were going to lurk just in case, like, the price went down and got to a point where they'd do it. Um, but to me, this was Padres or bust, and the Padres got them. And I'll tell you, the Padres-Dodgers rivalry, it might be the best in baseball at this point. I don't know what you think, Carm. But I think it's the best. Uh, it's sure. I, I'm not going to argue that. It, it's it's if it, if it's not, it's absolutely right there. Um, tell me about the hater part of this, because you know I know we've we've you know occasionally he's popped up in episodes. It hasn't been for a minute, but when I was first getting to know you, you were uh, in you were hinting to me that at some point hater might make his way out of Milwaukee that is a premier left-handed arm we all know this out of the bullpen and and yeah uh you know that I mean what a haul not in the same deal but uh quite quite a week going on here San Diego yeah like this was the first domino to really fall at the deadline and Hader it became pretty clear about five or six days before the trade was made that Hader was like he was more available than he had been in years past like the Brewers were not making calls on him but teams were calling and the Brewers were engaging more than they had in years past. And the Padres found that out pretty quickly. And they were able to uh, come up with a deal that involved Taylor Rogers, uh, involved Estuary Ruiz, who's a player that the Brewers really like, uh, Denilson Lamette, who's been battling injuries but had a past history of starting, um, and another player. And it was able, it was enough to get the deal done for the Brewers. Um, but with with Hader, like this has been two years in the making, Carm. Uh, Hader has pitched one inning for them, nothing more than that. And like that stems back from his arbitration case. Um, and it like, the, yeah, it just, it was a situation where the Brewers at some point had to make a decision on Hader. Uh, in years past, like they had two or three years of control on him and they were not in a position where they needed to trade him. But he was extremely valuable with a year and a half of control. Uh, and now is the right time for them to move him and maximize return. Um, and, and Big moves. More deals. Don't worry, the deadline's passed. Uh, Uh-oh. No, no I'll, trick. Okay, I'll, I'll just recap a couple things as, as you're getting up to date. Just, just uh, on the deal uh, – as, as as Bird has gone through, the Padres getting um, just the ages of these guys, I think, is just uh, of interest. Uh, Gore is at, at his innings limit, you would think. 
Um, and, and this is a 23-year-old left-hander. Made his debut last year. He's ranking among the game's top pitching prospects since he was selected. He was a first-round pick in 2017. Abrams is 21. He was the number six pick in the 2019 draft. He's playing at AAA. Hasn't been great this year. Hassel is 20. He was the eighth pick in the 2020 draft. He's at high A, hitting 300, got 10 homers, 55 RBIs for anything that matters. Wood, 19, second-round selection last year. He's also at Class A, hitting 320, 10 homers, 45 RBIs. So this is why you pay your GM the big money to be able to scout a system, and and, and that's uh, – that's what we got. All right. I, I think we've covered the, the pods uh, thoroughly. Let's move to the, the big story. Uh, I think Chicago's a big hit today. We can stop there actually on both sides of town. Uh, but the Cubs were the bigger point. I mean, we said a thousand times here that Wilson Contreras was definitely going to get traded. And a lot of their bullpen arms would go as well. The bullpen uh, did happen. But obviously Contreras and Ian Happ did not. And you kept on reporting, Bert, that the Cubs were asking for a ton. And... Ultimately, no one paid the price, So, and the Cubs didn't fold. They chose to hang on to him, which is confusing a lot of Cub fans today and probably confusing Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ as well. That was the biggest surprise of this entire time, Carm. Like, holy smokes. Like, if for weeks we had heard the Cubs are going to trade um, Wilson Contreras, and like, Ian Happ was less of a sure thing. Like, since he's controllable after this year, like, it wasn't a sure thing he was going to be moved. But Contreras seemed like a sure bet to go. And about an hour beforehand, the team in contact uh, with Contreras or in team in contact with the Cubs about Contreras was like, we don't think he's going to get moved. Um, and I'm thinking, like, why Why wouldn't they move him? Like, that yeah. doesn't make much sense to me. And the thinking for them is that they can have him for the rest of the year and then extend the qualifying offer to him after the season. And they have a chance to re-sign him, I mean, which I can't imagine is likely. Um, or they can recoup a draft pick for him um, if he signs elsewhere. And that's the most likely scenario. Is that the move that I would have done, Carm? No. But the thing that I've consistently heard from people who are talking to the Cubs about Contreras is that asking price was wicked high, and they didn't budge on it. And that, to me, was a huge mistake by them. And because of it, Contreras wasn't moved. So you're telling me that they're going to extend a qualifying offer, and if they don't sign him, they're going to get – it's a sandwich pick, right? It's the, it's a pick in between the first and second round. That's what they get in return? Basically, that, So they're going to get the 31st pick in the draft. That's in, – in their mind was better than anything else that they could get for Wilson Contreras despite the fact that they had this high asking price. I mean, I don't want to say that Jed Hoyer doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but I, it, it, it's, it, it's confusing. It's it very is. confusing. Very. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing is that um, there is a, a belief, and I think Jesse Rogers said this on ESPN, that they may have been waiting for the Padres to do a deal like this. Um, and the Padres, I mean, they were in. Like, they, they wanted catching help. Um, but they ended up getting Soto, they got Josh Bell, they got Hader, and that basically took them out of the market for him. And then that left them with the Mets, and the Mets had made it pretty clear in negotiations that they weren't willing to trade some of their top prospects. And that made a deal incredibly difficult. Like Houston was the other, like pretty, um, was, was the other team that was pretty connected to him, but they ended up getting Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox. And I'll tell you, like another team that was on Hader was actually the Houston Astros. 
Um, oh, so, really? On yeah, Hater? On Hater. Yeah. So um, the, the Astros have been doing work on Hater for about a week, if not more. Um, but ultimately, obviously, went to the Padres. But, but yeah. So it sounds like the Cubs, uh, and, and it makes a whole lot of sense here, it sounds like the Cubs were absolutely relying on San Diego and did not think, or were at least hoping, that the Juan Soto trade would not go down and they would get some of the prospects that the Padres were willing to deal in the Soto deal. That doesn't happen. And then they were left holding the bag. Uh, yeah, that's not a great day. That, that's not a great day for the Cubs rebuild, as, as, as happy as maybe some Cub fans are, that Contreras, who was in a tearful embrace with Ian Happ, I, I thought uh, our guy Jeff Passan had a great tweet, at least happens and Contreras get to hug again. And I am pro men hugging each other and expressing some emotion. But Damn right, Carm. As a team hug, I endorse that comment. Yeah. Uh, our, our guy, uh, uh, Mihir, I hope I'm saying that right. Awadi, thank you for the thank you for the jumping in here in the chat. The Jets mess this up, Burton, Carm. I think we're doing a double ding on that one. Listen, they – uh, here, my, my answer on that is not only did they mess this one up, but they messed they the Cubs have been messing up since they didn't aggressive once they offered Chris Bryant and Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo all these guys contracts and they all said no. That's when they should have been moved. If this is the way they were going to play it, if they weren't going to re you know get to market value or get or get the deal done, whatever it would have taken. Then they should have moved them and gotten and not waited until the very end. They the, the Cubs, it's a borderline miracle that they were able to get Pete Crow Armstrong from the Mets last year, who's one of the Cubs' top prospects. It doesn't yeah. look like they got anything for Chris Bryant. Uh, I'm not tracking the Rizzo deal as well. So I, I and, and Caleb Killian they did get from the Giants in in the in the in the Bryant deal, but I can tell I, you that's Yeah, go ahead. So the the or the the Mets were concerned about making another Pete Crow Armstrong level deal. Like that was like their hesitation in moving some of their I, prospects like I, Mark Santos, and I can't blame them for that. But right, right, I'm sure they were. Uh, I mean, the Cubs a, in, they, they got ripped off in that trade, the Javi Baez trade. Like Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be the Cubs center fielder for a, a decade. Like that was a great trade. So yeah. So okay, uh, they did. The Mets and Cubs did hook up on the Michael Givens deal, which I'm assuming wasn't your favorite trade of the day. Zachary Best wants to know your favorite trade of the day, Bert. You have one? I mean, I think the cop out answer is Juan Soto. Uh, I mean, because that's everybody's <laughs> favorite of the day. But yeah, I'll go with the surprise one here, Carm. I'll go with Harrison Bader going to the Yankees for Jordan Montgomery, and I'm not okay. saying that was the one who broke it, but like um, that trade to me came out of nowhere. The I, I was firmly of the belief that the Cardinals were going to acquire one of, like, in addition to Jose Quintana, like Nathan Eovaldi or a Noah Syndergaard type because, like, that's – like, those were the two starters that they were in conversations with. Also, uh, Carlos Rodon as well was another one on the Cardinals' radar. And Jordan Montgomery was not believed to be available. Same with Harrison Bader. And all of a sudden, I got a text saying, hey – it's going to be Montgomery for Bader. And I'm like, huh? And I texted somebody else and they're like, yeah, it's true. Go. And I went and yeah, it was just, it was a very confusing trade, but it makes a lot of sense. 
Um, it makes it, like that's basically how it went, kind of like that's if you wanted the behind the scenes stuff, like that's what it was. And the yeah, so much sense for the Cardinals because they like Montgomery. <sighs> that's exactly what they want. Are you okay? You want to say something? For I, I'm just I'm just laughing because that just sounded like you were a kid. Can I go? Yes, and and so I went. It was like you learned how to pee. Uh, I don't know. That, that yeah. was amazing the way you hey, described. Everybody it. tinkles. Yeah, yeah. Everybody tinkles. And give me a Burt bomb mustache, mustache. We love you. It's not a Burt bomb. It's a Burt alert. Big Rob bomb. Maybe maybe we should move it to Big Rob bomb over Burt alert. Uh, I'm a I fan mean, of Burt bomb. I'm I'm a bird bomb guy. You, you like bird bomb? You want to get rid of bird alert and go bird bomb? Yeah, I, I'm kind of I like the bird bomb. Bird bomb greater than Woj bomb? Oh god, no, no shot. Dude, Woj no. is the king. Although Woj. I did I did enjoy Woj tweeting a picture of passing today and breaking the uh, the Soto trade. That was that was good times. So you, Soto. You you yeah no go Jeff and but you got you had Bader buddy Soto's a little bigger but you got Bader. Let's not let's not sleep right. on a people forget. Uh, I'm not forgetting. No one's yeah, forgetting. That's right. yeah, Bader, that's Bader, Baseball Insiders, Bert, Bomb, Bert Alert, officially dead. All right, Bert Bomb, it is. Wow. Uh, I want to read because uh, it's, it's if, if anything else, it's just popping on my Twitter timeline here. Uh, Rick Hahn, of who's the White Sox general manager, met the media today, and he's like, "If you're a Sox fan that's upset." We get it. We're upset, too. We wish we would have been able to do more and something would have aligned, but it just didn't happen. Uh, it's rare that a GM will get up there and say something of that of that ilk, but uh, credit to Han, I guess, for doing that. Um, uh, you know, uh, let's see. Here, here's the comment of our guy James Fegan from The Athletic. We're disappointed that we weren't able to do more to try to improve this club. Anyone out there feeling a level of frustration and disappointment, I'm right there with you. What was going on with the White Sox that you were following, Bert, if anything? Yeah, I was firmly in the belief that they would end up getting another reliever. Like, they they tried for Shohei Otani. Like, they talked to the Yankees, or they talked to the Angels about Otani, but, like, there was no deal that was ever happening there. Um, as I said before on the previous episode, it was 10,001 that he was going to get traded. Um and they had made it clear about 48 hours before the deadline, like it was going to be a zero chance there. Um, but the White Sox, it was a very puzzling trade deadline. Um, but, I mean, I can, I don't think it's the end of the world, Carm, because we've talked about this before. Does that team look like a roster you want to invest in? To me, no. I mean, they've shown nothing that makes me think uh... of a contender. That's me. And I, I know you're going to disagree with that as a White Sox guy. Uh, I, I'm listen, not because I'm a quote unquote White Sox guy. I, I just more like look, they're they're three back in the division. I mean, that division is not. No one is scared of either Minnesota and or Cleveland, right? They're uh, they're also three back in the wild card for the record. I I this is they're in their window. What's interesting to me is, uh, and I don't. They obviously weren't even sniffing the Juan Soto thing, but a guy like that gets traded in the middle of your window to try to win the whole damn thing. You would think the Sox might have been more involved there. The Otani thing, you know, it was announced oddly that the White Sox attempted to get Shohei Otani, sort of like they attempted to Who get announced? Manny. Mat- I there. 
I, 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 I'd have to go back and look, but it was, it was like, it was moving around Chicago Twitter that the, the White Sox made an attempt at Shohei Otani. Um, hang on, hang on, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, and you just said they did, they, they called on Otani, right? Correct. Yep. I, yeah, there's a lot of teams that called on Otani. Uh, so I thought <laughs> it was for like one of thirty. I mean, it was basically like the entire league would call on Otani. Yeah. Um, just heard announcer on ESPN Baseball said the White Sox allegedly went after Shohei Otani. Nobody believes it, but they love to leak out that they tried. Um, you know, there's a lot of that. Um, the Bleach Report has a tweet out there. The Angels will not be trading Shohei Otani per John Heyman. Yankees, Padres, and White Sox were among the teams to make serious offers. Serious. Serious, Bert. Uh, I don't know if you would call it. I wonder it what a serious you- offer looks like for Otani. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Soto plus, Carm. It's going to be that. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. We can. Yeah. We can. We can. Uh, you actually want to know. So you want to know the def or what uh, somebody described a potential, um, so or a potential Otani trade package to me. It would be, and I quote, a seismic shit ton, is what this person. <laughs> seismic so, shit ton. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, that. Yeah, oh, I just got mentioned by Jeff Passan. I don't know what that was about. Uh oh. Let's let's. Oh. Let, let's, yeah, he um, he gave me a shout out for the work that, that we did, so that was cool. Dude, shout out like I, I know I've given Jeff some shout outs before on this podcast, but like Jeff Passon, like there's not many people better than Jeff Passon. Like he's a great dude. Um, like all those guys in, in the baseball Twitter world or like baseball reporting world, great human beings. So shout out to them. Shout out to all the baseball Twitter people. Um, let's see here. I want to read this. Uh... Okay. Always appreciate the work of colleagues and competitors like at Ken Rosenthal, at Fine Sand, at by Robert Murray. There you go, buddy. How's it going? At John Heyman, at Joel Sherman, at John Morosi, at Bob Nichol, and plenty of others whose work grinding through the trade deadline informs, enlightens, and makes us all smarter fans. Wow. I'll tell you, the alert from that I got Jeff or Jeff Passon mentioned me, I thought I was going to get like destroyed or something, but it was a nice. So thank you, Jeff. Oh, I, can I can I can I write Adam say what about the guys who work with at by Robert Murray and just make him better for however the hell I you know just just sit here and smile at him on this show for forty seven minutes twice a week. I mean, it, it, go, uh, <laughs> I was going to make a comment, but I'm too nice to say that. No, uh, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> no, look, I love about, we're, we're, right were, were you about to say? Listen, uh, you know. You're my dead weight, and I do my best to carry you each week. Um, yeah, that's why my so, back hurts every day. Yeah, no, I get it. Batman gets all the credit. Robin gets none. No problem. Uh, that's all right. I Listen, I love being your Robin buddy. Wef Wass and Max Hilbert, you, uh, I don't know yeah. how creative that is, but uh, and seems like you don't <laughs> like Jeff, but. but no, yes. so Max is actually my best friend from back home. So, oh, really? We yeah, got a Matt, best friend on the line. I've been like five. So shout out to Max for watching this too. That's that's my guy right there. Max, your next chat can be something about Robert as a child. Um, Carm oh, is your. Yeah, he knows me more than anybody, so that's terrifying, Carm. Yeah, well, that would be good. That could be bad. Uh, all right, do we give the Phillies and the Mets credit for adding to their bullpen? Does that move the needle in any way, shape, or form on either side? So I am not going to hype the Mets, uh, but I will. <laughs> I will hype the Phillies because. I didn't think they were going to make that big of moves going into this because they were pretty reluctant to part with their top prospects. Um, but they ended up getting David Robertson from the Cubs. 
gave up Ben Brown, who is actually somebody like evaluators around the league really like. And they also got Noah Syndergaard. So I'll give you a little bit of insight into what the Syndergaard market looked like. Is last night I had somebody text me that Syndergaard, his talks with the Blue Jays were heating up. Uh, I thought Syndergaard was going to Toronto. Uh, Turned out it wasn't totally accurate, um, but the Blue Jays were firmly in this thing. And I presume them to be the favorite going into this. And uh, the the Phillies stepped up and made an offer to get Syndergaard. And I thought that was a very good move because they needed another starting, like another starting pitcher. And he's somebody who's very familiar with the NL East. Um, And like, they didn't give up a whole lot. The deal that I didn't like though, for them was giving up or getting Brandon Marsh for O-Hop. I might be pronouncing that name wrong. Uh, He's now the angels number one prospect. And I'm Marsh is a good player. Don't get me wrong. But I thought they could have gotten a little bit more in return. But they needed a center fielder. They were pretty desperate for it and gives them an answer for it right now and long term. A little little Barry tidbit in there for you Cub fans out there. Johnny, my guy, Bert likes the return that the Cubs got for David Robertson, which, uh, hey, that, that's, a, that's a win in Cubland, right? I mean, pull up a reliever whose arm was going to fall off and you, you get a valuable piece. Good job on that. Uh, let me let me let me roll through the chat here and see if there's anything. Um, I, I don't think we talked about Isaac. What arms were the Rays in on? Bert was was Tampa doing anything that you I were paying attention? They were, to? they were talking to a lot of different teams about different things, but I can't give you specific names on that one. I, I'm sorry about that one. So no 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 no, no apologies necessary. It, it's 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 absolutely okay. Um, and and Sean wants to know about the Phillies giving up on. Uh, Mickey Moniac, too soon. Our guy, is that a, is that a is that a in your mind? Did the Phillies make a mistake here, Bert? I was surprised that he was traded. Uh, like there was rumblings earlier in the day that like it was possible that he would get moved, um, but I didn't think they would do it until they ended up getting Brandon Marsh, and then the deal, or then it was basically writing on the wall that something was going to end up happening with with Moniac. And it got him Noah Syndergaard. So it's not like they got him, they they traded him for nothing. Uh, They ended up getting a pretty substantial piece. And in reality, uh, Syndergaard's a free agent at the end of the year, and the Phillies are going to have a chance to re-sign him or the first chance to re-sign him. Uh, So it could end up resulting in like a long-term answer on the rotation. So I'm not totally against it just because it got him Syndergaard here. All right, a couple more people jumping in here. Uh, And Johnny, we love you. You're, You're a diehard, my friend. Um the the white the the Cubs traded Scott Efros to the Yankees, um, twenty eight. The the sidearm you you like that deal, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a guy uh, c- coming back, uh, Wesniewski, twenty four six and seven three five ERA at Triple uh, A. Any any uh, any uh, any love there? I was a fan of that trade for the Yankees. Especially, I also like the return for the Cubs too. Like that was a pretty notable return but the return was so high because uh efrost is he's controllable um and that was something that the yankees really wanted is he was a controllable guy he's had a great year this year i mean you're in chicago i'm not going to call you a cubs guy or chicago guy carm i seem like you're offended by that that by that label but um yeah it's uh i I thought that was a really good addition for them i thought that was smart that was an under the radar one because i i had heard earlier in the day like there was about to be like a an under the radar reliever moved, 
couldn't figure out a name. Basically, I found out a reliever was being moved. I just didn't know what team or like what player or whatever. Uh, but Eve Frost, like that was a good move for them. I thought that was smart. Hayden Wisniewski, 24, 6 and 7. He's pitching a triple A. Yankees picked him in the sixth round of the 2019 draft out of Sam Houston State. All right. There you go, Cub fans. You're you're you you didn't trade Wilson Contreras for a huge haul. In fact, you got no haul. In fact, he's you can go out to Wrigley Field in September and see Wilson and give him another standing ovation. But you got Wisniewski. All right. Uh, overall, Bert, before we get out of here, yep. biggest winners. Actually, we let me mention the Royals too. Whit Merrifield should have been traded four years ago, but he he finally goes out the door here. Uh, yep. That was. Uh, a long time coming for Kansas City going to Toronto. Apparently, uh, Witt is now going to be willing to get vaccinated because uh, you got to do that in Canada. It's the way it works. Uh, did the Royals did the Royals make a worthy trade here in your mind? Good old Kansas City. How good, old, <laughs> no, good, old Dayton, good, good old Dayton Moore. It's my old stomping grounds, man. Go Royals. I always forget you're a Kansas City guy because you were with Passing before you were with me. Um, yeah, I I was I was, yeah. But I I thought the exact same as you, Carm. I thought the Royals waited four years too long to make that trade, uh, and the return for Merrifield was pretty light. Um, and something that I I had heard pretty consistently throughout the process is that the Royals on a lot of their players like Michael Taylor, uh, Merrifield, Barlow, Josh Stamont, they were really underwhelmed uh, with the package that they were getting in return um, and trade offers. And that's why we didn't see a bigger sell-off for them. Like I thought, I thought Merrifield made a whole lot of sense for like the Brewers or the Astros or a lot of these center field needy teams. You got a sneeze, Carm? No, I just I just don't get it. Like you, you the Royals have been bad forever. You waited until the dude was thirty-three years old to finally dump him at the deadline for nothing to Toronto to a place that he's got to get vaccinated. It's almost like you had a. It's like you were you wanted to put Whit Merrifield in prison. Hey, we're not trading you. You 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 could have been a, you could have been a great player for somebody in the middle of your prime. Instead, we're holding on to you for this huge package that never came. And by the way, uh, yeah, you got to get vaccinated now that we tr- we finally traded you. That's just. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't equate that to going to prison though. <laughs> I mean, that seems a bit harsh. They were in baseball Royals prison. The Royals wouldn't let the guy go, and they finally let him go. They sent him to the Blue Jays. Dude, Blue Jays, that's a fun team. I'm a fun team, good city, Carm. Like, that's that's I, no, that's hey, like listen. I'm I mean, mo- moving to Toronto is on the board for me at some point in this lifetime, depending on how this world continues to spin. I love I love Toronto. But Scottsdale. for Scottsdale, sure. Uh a little hot, little, little hot down there, Bert. And and I don't know, man. About five years from now, it's going to be 200 degrees walking out the door. So I'm I'm a little nervous. But I mean, you walk outside for 10 minutes, you end up going back in your place at medium rare and like a medium. That sounds pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like your positive attitude in, there we in, go. in, totally in regards to everything. Uh, but, all right, lazy Jake, we want to get you in here. Do you know anything about why the Red Sox kept on to JD Martinez, Uvalde? An interesting day for Boston. Yeah, the Red Sox held pretty. They were talking to the Mets a lot about J.D. Martinez, and Nathan Uvalde was a player who drew a bunch of interest throughout the league. Uh, the, the Cardinals, as I mentioned, are one of the teams in there. There were a bunch of others that checked in and tried to talk to the Red Sox about them, but they didn't get any offers that they thought were worthy. And they didn't want to have a massive sell-off here. Like This was a case where they wanted to move some pieces like Vasquez, 
um, to, to name one and other upgrade other parts of the roster and get like Tommy Pham, get Eric Hosmer. Like they wanted to like remain competitive and they viewed Evaldi specifically as somebody who was like a big part of that uh, and maintaining that competitive edge that they have. And uh, like he, he struggled recently, of course, but he, he played or he pitched very well against the Astros the other day uh, and showed signs of his pre struggle self. Um, and that further enticed them to keep him. They listened, of course, but they didn't get a deal that, that they found worthy, so they decided to keep him. And he wants to stay in Boston, too. All right. Be a Red Sox. Stay a Red Sox. Live the dream. Boston, let's go. Gabrielle Starr, I don't know how she feels about this, but our our one of our great Red Sox fan-sided friends, girl at the game, also dominating our Phillies coverage, she – uh I don't know. Anyway, Gabriel, shout out for you. Bert, I think we did it, man. Uh, trade deadline. Wild, wild damn day, man. Uh, Very. I am ready to have a high noon, uh, go work out, and go sit in my hot tub. That's exactly what I'm going to go do and try to disconnect. Isn't high noon alcohol? Oh, I'm going to have the high noon afterward. That's going to be my post-workout. So you're going you're, you're to work out. Yep. Then you're going to get in the hot tub? Yep. And then you're going to have the high noon? Oh, I have the high noon while I'm in the hot tub, Carm. Gotta, it's going to be so a bad day to be a nooner, Carm. I can just tell you that right now. So, so you're going <laughs> to – all right. Uh, I mean, the way you live your life is just insp- inspiring for all of us. Good job, buddy. Uh, there we go. Wobbert, Worry, and Wark Warman. That's this right. Ma- this Max Hilbert We're, we're got- all W's over here, Carm. That's what we do. We're getting, we're getting wins? All right. Uh, Max – you sound like the dude to party with. Let's 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 hang out soon. Bad All right, influence, bad influence over there. We are we are back with uh, another baseball insiders sooner than later. I'm not exactly sure what the schedule looks like right now uh, with the with the wild trade deadline week that we're having. But thank you all for joining today. Enjoy your Juan Soto, San Diego. The rest of you out there who are happy with your baseball teams right now, you do that as well. And for those who are frustrated, just know you're not alone because there's a lot of people scratching their heads on what was a crazy baseball trade deadline day at by robert murray you're the man brother you're the man Carl. i appreciate you as always brother back at you bro be great we'll be great as well we'll see you next time thanks for watching the baseball insiders say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. 
How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.